up, everything? The Blues season has officially jetted off to a nightmarish start, and we're here to talk about it. The team fell 5-1 to one to the Winnipeg Jets, and everyone is blaming someone. We'll tell you who you should blame, starting with Tom Wilson. That's all ahead, so let's get started, and let's go Blues! Of a delicious and tasty something. <laughs> it's a ripple white ale from Four Hands Brewing Company. Shout out to Four Hands for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> that they certainly did not do. Four Hands, I only have two. <laughs> what an accomplishment. Uh, <laughs> and if only Jake Allen had had Four Hands today. Boo. But let's not go there yet. Uh, we are the Two Guys No Cup podcast. We are coming to you from our magnificent studios in Dakar, Senegal, which is the largest and capital city of Senegal, and was founded in the 15th century, and is home to musician Akon and Liverpool's amazing striker, Sadio Mane. That's what I got. Hmm. It's been a long night, folks. It's almost like you're using a city generator. <laughs> <laughs> One would think that, but that's obviously not true. That's, you just are very worldly. Because Google's not going to give me some of our great locations like huddled under the table at Mark Bergevin's draft or whatever. That's true. So, you know, it's all up here, and none of it is thought of on the spot with the help of the internet. Uh, we are here to talk to you about a number of things, but let's give a shameless plug first i guess if if you're new to the show it's a new season no one's new to the show but you <laughs> might get here uh we are on twitter at two guys no cup we are on instagram at the same all spelled out in letters you can subscribe on itunes and google play if you haven't and also if you have not i hear podcasts do this all the time apparently it's good if you review us so please take <laughs> a moment to do so we're very professional podcasters, so we know all the good things about being a podcast. But yeah, if you haven't uh, reviewed us before on the iTunes or Google Play Store, just hop on over and give us a shout out. You know, it'd be good for us, I guess. Or review us again. Or so it has been explained to me. Yes, we are fine with voter fraud in this case. Review mm. us as often as you like. <laughs> um, where should we start this week? We could start with the game, but let's start with Tom Wilson. Sure. This is one of those times where... It's almost a shame the podcast wasn't recorded two days ago so we could capture the full rage I felt towards Tom Wilson. But I feel at the moment like he's been properly punished or something approximating proper yeah. punishment. But let's just recap for anyone that didn't know. Tom Wilson was suspended 20 games officially yesterday for a violently illegal hit on the Blues' Oscar Sunquist. This is, as we will discuss, his third 
suspension of four suspensions for hitting a Blues player younger than 25 years old in the preseason. So he's got a type that Tom he's Wilson. He's got an M.O. Some men like blondes, some brunettes, and Tom Wilson likes Blues players under 25 years old <laughs> only in the preseason. Awooga. <laughs> Sunquist. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen the play, there are a thousand angles uh, that we've retweeted at different points. But Sunquist was cutting across the middle of the ice when right after he released a shot, Wilson came from his blind side and delivered a full speed head hit uh, from any angle I saw. It looked like it was direct elbow to temple contact. It didn't look like there was a lot of co- question there. Sunquist immediately crumpled to the ice. Uh, the referees actually did assess Wilson a match penalty and eject him for the game. Um, and he was quickly invited to an in-person hearing, which was the first necessary step for the NHL to give him a suspension of six games or longer. Um, Mike Yo, after the game, said it was predatory, and that's what he's done, and he's done that against us. That's the way he plays the game. Uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly of the Blue of the uh, Capitals, on the other hand, felt differently. He said it sucks the guy got hurt at the same time at a certain point. Uh, he can't be coming across the middle. I don't care if it's preseason or the middle of the season. That play is not exactly the safest. I haven't seen the replay. It looked like Willie went right through just through his body. But at the same time, I don't think you should be cutting across the middle no matter who is on the ice. Which I like at the I like at the end there, no matter who is on the ice, but especially if the Armaniac teammate Tom yeah. Wilson is on the ice. Um, Brett Connolly said, you never want to see a guy get hurt like that. It's a big, big hit. He definitely didn't see him coming. Those big hits are starting to lead the game, but I still think you have to be aware there's still going to be that time when maybe you get caught in a tough spot. Um, Chris Cuck of The Athletic, or Cooch, I don't know how to say it, uh, Nick said, Nick Dowd said opponents need to be aware of when Wilson is on the ice, calling it a personnel thing. So Nick Dowd very openly is saying, hey, this guy's a maniac. Protect yourself. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Nick Dowd also said it was definitely in the game more than 10 years ago when guys were getting absolutely killed coming across the middle. That's part of Tom's game, and that's how he's going to play. He's dealt with this before. He plays fast and plays hard. Um yeah, there's a lot of other quotes. Let's talk a little bit. Let's talk about his history real quick. Okay. He was suspended twice last preseason, once for a hit on Robert Thomas, where he came in late, high, and hard, well after Thomas was eligible to be checked. Some of these are quotes ex- straight from the disciplinary videos, which I watched all of this week because I'm a freak show. <laughs> but uh, it said over a full se- second passed after Thomas lost the puck. Wilson comes from the side and delivered a forceful body check, which technically was interference, and he tracked Thomas from behind the net and pivot, pivoted all the way around to make sure that he contacted Thomas. So he was suspended two games, I believe, for that hit. And then the game he came back from that was also against the Blues, and this time he targeted Sammy Blay with a very bi- violent boarding hit, and it's... he. He approached Blay from behind and drove him into the boards, which is boarding. You all know what that means. And um, they mentioned that based on his well, his angle of approach, he was never in a position to deliver a legal check. And then the big one, as you'll remember, Ian, 
being such a fan as you are of Zach Aston Reese, mm-hmm. uh, is when uh, he checked Zach Aston Reese to the head in last year's playoffs, which was just 16 of his games ago, counting oh, preseason yeah. and postseason. Um, the head was the main point of contact on that when such contact uh, was avoidable. Wilson pivoted from a change and from a charge and elevated into the head with his shoulder. And as Wilson approached, he had the option to deliver a legal hit, but chose to pivot and elevate into the head, consequentially breaking Zach Aston Reese's jaw. And one of the one of the phrases I heard um, repeated in all of this is that the onus was on Wilson to avoid an illegal hit. They said that in the Blay video and this video for the for the Sunquist hit at least, which is interesting because we'll talk a little bit about um, some of, just some of the weird talk that always surrounds these things. Uh, Mike Sunquist is in really bad shape. Mike Yo said he'd be surprised if he didn't miss a decent amount of time. There are a couple of upper body injuries. He's in a bad spot right now. Um, so, so try to take yourself back pre Wednesday, if you can, to, you know, the hit happened, what, Saturday, I guess, was that the game? Sunday. Sunday. Okay. And it, I mean, it's bad. Mm -hmm. It's especially bad because it's Wilson, which we'll talk about a little bit why that is, but it would have been a bad hit anyway. And in the preseason, it's totally unnecessary. What are you feeling pre-suspension? What do you want to see happen? What are you expecting to see happen, et cetera? Well, he got three playoff games for that hit on Zach Aston Reese, right? That's correct, So that's that's a pretty big deal for playoff games. Mm -hmm. So I thought that... The rule of thumb is that it's basically half of what a regular season is. Yeah, so it was like six games, more or less. Like, that's... A decent amount for anyone, and this was his. This was going to be, at this point, like his fourth suspension, and I think they said like, or maybe you mentioned too, fifty three weeks. So essentially, in just over a year, his fourth suspension. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure that they had, like had to give him double digit games, yeah. like anything under ten games is going to be a joke. Mm-hmm. I thought it should be more than ten, but anything under ten was just an absolute joke. And just because he's like has some more skill than a Rafi Torres or whoever else they threw the book at, it was like no reason for them to not give him that many games. It was a reason. Like they could have said it, or maybe they couldn't have said it, but they it would have been talked about behind closed doors. You know, well we can't you know suspend a guy that's got some skill and help this team win a cup and yada yada. This long, you know, he's not just some any old goon. I would say is what like a Capitals fan would say. Mm. But trying to be relatively objective, I figured he's got to get 10 plus. And I never really had much of a problem with Tom Wilson before all of the blues hits. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, he plays the edge. That's okay. But it bugs me that people go, well, he's just, it's part of his game and that's how he plays. And yeah. He plays an old style of game. I'm like, well, that's okay, but the old style of game's done mm-hmm. and you have to adapt or you, or like get out. Yeah, I appreciate it. I do. I do like that there's hitting still in this game. I would hate to see it turn into like a zero contact sport. But you can also, I don't know, is he not aware that he's Tom? Like, is is he? It's a heat of the moment thing. Yeah, you, let's just talk let about, up. Let's talk about all of that for a minute. Yeah, because I think on the one hand, hitting can happen in the. This is this is something that really bothers me anytime one of these hits happens. 
you know what a legal check is instinctively watching it. Like, uh, there are games where huge hits happen that are 100% legal. And for the most part, there's not a lot of controversies surrounding them. You know, for the, I, I really think for the most part, even the layman fan has a pretty good understanding of where the line is mm-hmm. and when somebody crosses it. And so when a guy like Wilson repeatedly crosses it, I get really tired of hearing that, oh, well, he just plays with an edge. He's just a gritty player, and sometimes, you know, he, he, he moves his shoulder a little bit wrong or something like that. To me, no. Because Dustin Bufflin hits people 250 times a year, and I don't know, I mean, I'm sure he's been suspended at some point, but he's not a repeat, repeat offender that has this huge reputation. He's got a reputation as a big hitter, but not as a maniac. And then there's this other thing, and we talked about this a lot when we talked about the the Max Domi suspension, or should I say the Max Domi suspension that wasn't, um, <laughs> with this idea that the defensive player needs to keep their head up, or the the, yeah. the victim, if you will, which might feel like too strong a word in other cases, but doesn't to me in this case. Like... What's Oscar Sundquist going to do in in this case specifically? Like, I hate that logic in general, but he's just taken a shot. He's faced the other direction. Even if he looks to his right, what's he got? I mean, he's not going to teleport. Mm-hmm. You're just going to see Tom he's Wilson gonna, come in. I mean, maybe he braces for the hit. Does that help? I don't think that helps. It might make it worse. Yeah, it's like like in the way that sometimes if you're in a car crash and you know it's coming and you lock up, that's up. actually worse for you. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a medical. You doctor. can brace mentally, to... like, oh shit, but yeah. that's about it. <laughs> yeah, but like, it just and 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 more than any of that, the CBA specifically says it's on the player to deliver a legal hit. So to me, that's just kind of like the final straw of like, okay, let's stop saying this. This is nonsense. Like, it's not an either or to me. And we'll talk about this when we talk about tonight's game. But like, I I feel like a lot of fans don't see that two things can be simultaneously true. Mm -hmm. Like, it can be a hot day. I don't, I don't know where that is going. <laughs> Just throw it in the garden. And a cold day. Well, like, I, there's that old there's that old uh, joke about, like, it was a math joke about, like, scientists discovered that ice cream sales and drowning deaths went up at the same time. And, like, yeah. initially we're like, ice cream causes drowning. And it's like, no, both of those things happen when it's hot outside. People go to pools and drown more often, you know, like that yeah. sort of thing. Both of those things can be true without them being related. And both, one thing can be true about a hit without the other thing being false. Like, Sunquist, and I'm not sure it's true in this case, but hypothetically, Sunquist could have protected himself better without it being untrue that Tom Wilson delivered a heinous, awful, Mm -hmm. really, truly terrible hit. So, he gets the 20-game suspension. Uh, Here's some of the language from the video. Uh, I forget the name of the guy. I think I wrote it down in here somewhere if I find it. But uh, he says, Sunquist takes a pass from a teammate and begins to move into the center of the ice. Wilson sees this and gains speed with a quick, quick crossover. Sunquist continues on his path and releases a shot on goal. As he does so, Wilson delivers a high, forceful hit, which makes Sunquist's head the main point of contact. 
on a hip where such contact was avoidable and causes an injury. This is an illegal check to the head. He goes on to say Sunquist is eligible to be hit on this play, but rather than hitting through Sunquist's core and delivering a legal full body check, Wilson takes a poor angle of approach that takes Sunquist's head and makes it the main point of contact. Head contact is avoidable because Sunquist uh, doesn't majorly move to cause it, basically. He doesn't, like, jerk mm-hmm. his head into the path at the last second. And then from the CBA, uh, they make the point that players who repeatedly violate League rules, league playing rules will be more severely punished for each new violation. So we're also going to talk in a minute about how, you know, especially some of the Capitals teammates are saying, well, this is only this bad a suspension because it's him. And it's like, yeah, you're right. It is only this bad a suspension because it's him. But like, we'll we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, So he was suspended on three occasions during last season. Uh, The hit on Sunquest was just 16 games after his last illegal check to the head. Um, it was Wilson's fourth suspension as his last 105 games, which uh, I think the video or someone said to uh, Greg Wachinski, one or the other, uh, was, quote, an unprecedented frequency of violations in the history of the Department of Player Safety. So even Big Bad Rafi Torres didn't do it four times in 105 games. And that's being pretty generous since we're counting preseason and mm-hmm. postseason games in there. It was really 81 regular season games, minus however many you missed after the play hit. Um, and then Brian Burke, who you may or may not know, was the director of player safety for a long period. I think it was the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I caught a bit of him on NHL Network, and he said, from having done that job, I can tell you, you get tired of seeing the same player and you think, he ain't listening, I gotta send him a message, in typical Brian Burke fashion. He's, he's, I love him, I don't know why. He's just very straight to the point. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, 20's a lot. And I think everybody was kind of taken aback at 20. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's huge. I mean, it's like the seventh largest suspension in the history of the department. And I don't even know if that counts like the Austin Watson thing or not. Um, I mean, that wouldn't be player safety, but I didn't remember. I wasn't sure if it was a player safety thing or an wide thing. Um, But, you know, it's like Bertuzzi, Torres. I mean, you know, the really, really bad suspensions in history. So everybody's surprised. I mean, people are taken aback, but I don't think it's unjust. Um, the Capitals players responded, uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov said, if I'm going to say what I think, they're going to suspend me too. And then uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly, our old friend, said, honestly, I think it's garbage. We watched a video from the league saying what hits are good and which ones aren't. They've showed some hits that were way worse than that. I, I doubt it. Maybe not in force, but as it regards to the head that were so-called allowed. I guess he just has a different rule book, and I think it's garbage, honestly. Um, he goes on to say, that's fine, but you don't have, but you have to look at each hit. No, you don't. The the CBA specifically says they can be taken (laughs) collectively. He says, you can't just suspend because it's him. Yeah, you can, because the (laughs) CBA says so. Uh, we all feel he went through the shoulder, but he didn't. So that's (laughs) nonsense. And then the guy has a separated shoulder. He also has a concussion, Devante, and like lacerated face. But okay. Something happened to his face. Uh, <laughs> and then he says, just because it's him, you don't have to make a statement. Yeah, you do. 
So I was like, that's the perfect time to make a yeah, statement. It, just because it's him, you have to make a statement. And then TJ Oshie said the quote that I thought was most endearing in its, in its fiendish simplicity <laughs> by saying, he wants to be out here with us. He earned a nice contract, and now he's losing a quarter of that. Yes, the Department of Player Safety just waltzed into Tom Wilson's locker room and took a quarter of his contract. And by the way, it's whatever a quarter of... 30. I mean, it's mm. it's five times a quarter, so it's really a 20th. Crazy hyperbole, but that's like, I just got a new job as a CEO, and now they're dragging me away for murder. <laughs> but I just got a new job, <laughs> exactly. you guys. It's like, I got a new, it's like, even better, it's like, I got a job because I was a white-collar criminal. They promoted me to CEO <laughs> because I was fixing the books, and now the FBI caught on, and now I'm going to jail. It's like, <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> just, okay, so I don't, we would have been a lot hotter if, if the suspension hadn't come down. People think that it'll be shortened on appeal. I really don't. I think if it's shortened, it maybe goes to 15. Even then. So. But like, I don't, I don't believe it's shortened. I believe they're doing this on purpose. Yeah. Maybe I'm looking at, cause it's a player's union. Maybe I'm looking at unions the wrong way. And maybe the player's union operates different than like, you know, a steelworkers union, mm -hmm. but like Oscar Sunquist is also part of like this players union. Yeah. So I get you kind of represent both parties. Yeah, he is Swedish. He's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like mm, he's not one of these North American types. <laughs> I just, if this is a precedent and it's not necessarily a precedent, but it's, you know, setting a standard or saying like, okay, Tom Wilson gets 20, you know, he does another one of these. I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know. It's like 40 or something, or it's like you're suspended for a season. I don't know. But you can't back down from it now and be like, all right, he appealed, we'll give you 10 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Did Dennis Weidman, did he appeal and get less when he smacked that referee I don't around? I think so. Okay. I'll look into it. But anyways, talk, but... no, I was just curious because it's like certain things you just have to draw the line. And if you're going to go, well, Tom Wilson's <clears> just <throat> a big part of the Capitals. We need to make sure that, you know, he doesn't miss too much time. It's like, no, he needs to think about this when he's hit people illegally four times in under 53 weeks. He did what he did. You know, you do the crime, you pay the time, do all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, w I think it would be hilarious if he took it to one of the arbitrators and they mm. lengthened his suspension, Ooh. which is possible. That would be interesting. <clears throat> but what does it go to? It goes to Gary Bettman. No, it goes to somebody else, and then it goes to Gary Bettman. And then it, or no, it does. So Sorry, Weidman's it goes to Gary Bettman. have oh, from okay. 20 to 10. But... That's Gary. a very different situation. So, yeah, it goes to Gary Bettman. Then an arbitrator. Gary Bettman's the first appeal. And then if, if you appeal again, it's to the arbitrator who is independent of the league. I'd love Gary to give him more. Do it, Gary. Even Bear. if the arbitrator then halves it, it'd be great. Um, I'm giving him 40. No, back down to 20. <laughs> okay, nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. But seriously, I, I think at some point you have to kind of I don't know how it works, and I guess the CBA, they'd never agree to it. But, like, there really should be a fail-safe for guys like this. Like, this guy is a lunatic. If, I, there's no comp, there's no comparison in other, in other workplaces, because people aren't, you know, check, elbowing your temple with the Xerox machine. But I don't like, know, have you been where I'm at? <laughs> Which will remain anonymous. Mm. 
Um, <laughs> you'll be like Barney on uh, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, please. Yeah, I work at it. I'm like Chandler Bing. I'm a transponster. <laughs> That's not even a word. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled programming. If you're driving a forklift recklessly all the time, you will be fired if you, unless you're just the world's best, I don't know, sorter of box. <laughs> but, but your forklifting, your reckless forklifting helped win your company an award. <laughs> the forklift cup. Yeah. Lord forklifts cup. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't like, there can't be a fail safe. The CBA, the, the players union would never agree to it, but like. I think if this guy does this again, you have to talk about a season or something. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to go to something ridiculous to make him get the message because he's just not. That's and the thing. You can stop playing that way. They make it sound like it's hardwired into him, like he was built yeah. this way, like he's some sort of robot. Be like, dude, you can still be big and clear people from the front of that and be physical on the boards and everything and not just hit people in the open ice in the head Mm -hmm. you can go a little lower i don't know you don't have to be that way right there was a quote i i I skipped over earlier from brett conley and i'm glad i did because it fits better here he says for willie he's just trying to find that little line right under where it's crossing the line we're going to need willie on the ice this year for sure he's a big part of our team we don't want to be losing him in games like that he's aware he's not a dumb guy he's smart we'll move on and that's it you don't have to look for that line like i'm i to me it's just so illogical i saw a lot of this week too where it was like well if there'd been an enforcer on the ice this never would have happened like what kind of backwards logic is it to say we need more violence in this sport so there's less violence in this sport? Like, that's not... These hits happened all the time when there were enforcers. We were just too stupid <laughs> to know that concussions ruined people's lives. You know? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. The, the circles people run around hockey... To, in, to try and avoid the fact that the game is improved by taking a majority of the violence out of it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't remo- mean removing, you know, scrums in the corner. It doesn't remo- mean removing big legal hits. But, like, the, these hurdles people try to jump over to say, see, fighting was great for the game of hockey. Like, a scrap now and then is fine. Mm-hmm. But... Games taking four hours because there are five fights a night is not fine. And I, I don't know. We've, we've gone afield. He's got the suspension. We'll check back in last next week if there's more to say on this. But I'm just... I, it's insanity that this guy, that there are people defending this guy. Like, he's yeah, done it four it. times. And the the Aston Reese hit was worse than this one, honestly. And I mean, this one was bad, mm-hmm. but the Reese hit was jumping through a check along the boards and breaking a jaw. I mean, that one was even worse. And I think I wonder to what extent, and I'll try to move on after this. To what extent <laughs> this is almost an extension of like we gave you clemency in the playoffs because it was the playoffs, clemency that you didn't deserve then. So now that you've had the balls to do it right away again, we're like putting the hammer down sort of thing, you know? I wonder if that's a little bit of an extension. Okay, so we'll check back in with that next week if there's more news. And uh, 
or if we just want to. Um, so another piece of interesting hockey news before we talk about uh, tonight's disaster. The Vancouver Canucks, there's been a story this week that they have banned video games on the road, specifically Fortnite, which is very fun because it allows a lot of old sports journalists to write about Fortnite as if they know what that mm-hmm. is. I heard one I read one reporter repeatedly refer to four players as a quad and not a squad, which is technically correct, but I don't think it's <laughs> the word he wanted. Um but Canucks players, coaches, and personnel believe the response to the ban is overblown. Uh, Bo Horvat, who I didn't know before reading this quote, is actually a 58-year-old man stuck in a 23-year-old's <laughs> body, says, It's a group decision. It's important, especially for the young guys, to see different cities and do different things and be more of a tight-knit group. But do not no. go to museums in those cities. you got to get wasted with us out on the strip. Oh, baby. Instead of staying in your room and ordering room service, you go for dinner and enjoy being around the guys. I'm not a video guy, clearly. <laughs> I don't even understand. You can't even call them video games. I'm not one of these video, video guys. Oh, Lord. But it's important on the road to enjoy each other's presence and talk away from hockey. That's going to be real important because we young, we're young and we need to get better. Yes, not playing Fortnite is critical to Vancouver's rise to that, the top of the league. This Fortnite season. was the problem. Um, Bo what Horvath. was wrong before Fortnite? Anything <laughs> <laughs> happened? Fortnite's before only eighteen months old. At if even that, Bo. What was wrong before yeah. then? Pokemon um, Go. Bo Horvat, by the way, in that quote, making his best pitch for Bo Horvat, Captain 2019. Uh, Troy Stetcher, who's apparently part of the aforementioned quad of Canucks players that play Fortnite together, said, I don't think it is a big deal and you guys are making it a bigger issue than it is. It doesn't really bother me because it's a rule we've put in place and nobody is questioning it. Guys are going to respect it. We're not babysitting anyone here. Even when guys were bringing it on the road, it's not like they're skipping dinners or anything. If you're up at 2 or 3 a.m. playing Xbox, then there's an issue. So you are babysitting Mm -hmm. people here. We trust each other that we're going to do the right thing away from the rink. And finally, Coach Travis Green says, It has been overblown a lot, and this is just simply players trying to bond as a team. My kid plays Fortnite, and I have not banned it from him or her or anybody on our team. Players want to make sure that all are at the team dinners, and that's the way it is in team sports. It's not an issue. Ian, your thoughts on the Fortnite ban? Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I like just like what you said, old people commenting on it. Mm -hmm. Because it's so much fun. It reminds me when Pokemon Go came around, and people on the news were like, Pokemon is back. First of all, they say Pokemon, which is always great. They say it real slow, oh, like yeah. it's the first time I've ever read the word. Oh, Pokemon. Oh, and they also always say short for pocket monster. Oh, they got, yeah. You don't want to make it sound like you're speaking in tongues. <laughs> um, I always liked it too because they'd say it's back. And I'm like, it's been around for 20 years. You're, and you're talking about it like, man, I guess Pokemon went away for a while. And now it's been like, it's 20 years. It's been yeah. 20 years. Anyways, I like it when they talk about video games because it's always, like you talked about earlier before we came on, they talk about Fortnite like it's the video game. And I mean, it is the video game, but like there aren't another, like the the rest went away. The phrase, the Canucks ban Fortnite to a 
55-year-old means they banned all video games. Yeah. It means as much as if in 1979 I'd said the Canucks banned Pong. Like, that's... <laughs> it's the same. Which they love. They love playing ping pong, hockey players do, so... Pong's just, you know, an easier, simpler way to play the you game they love. find a friggin' table. Imagine yeah. carrying that in your carry-on bag. That'd be happy. Mm-hmm. And you made this point earlier, but, like, Fortnite, I, look, I actually do kind of sympathize. I would be like, hey, guys, let's go out. Let's see these cities. A lot of them are really incredible. But at the same time, it's not like they're not spending time with the team when they're playing Fortnite mm-hmm. because it is, like, a team game where you're playing with other people. Right. You're... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go overblow it and say you're learning communication and you're learning how to behave as a team. But like, but you kind of are. But you're at least socializing. You're not right. like a freak. Like, here's the thing. I. I don't. I don't know. I I play video games. You play video games. I don't think either one of us are like top. You know, like really heavy gamers compared to a lot of people in our generation and younger than us. But like. This idea that it's antisocial is just so antiquated now. And Fortnite in particular is a terrible example. It's super casual. It's very casual. You casuals. For a lot of times, you know, and and in the case of this team, four people playing together, you can play like other people can just be chilling in the room and like having fun watching you play and like trash talking. Like, I mean, it's a it's a fun game. What do you want me to do? Play together. What do you want me to do in Winnipeg? Exactly. I'm like, sorry, but what do you want me to I, do? Listen, I don't know. You're not going to make people enjoy a city. You can make them go out into it. And that's mm. that's why it's babysitting. Like you can make them put the game down and go out and eat dinner at a restaurant in Dallas, but you can't make them enjoy Dallas, yeah. you know? I'm all for like we need to go eat dinners together. Cool. 100%. But, like, the weird, like, this is kind of, not quite, but kind of, like, the museum thing with Dougie Hamilton where it's, like, we want you to eat dinners with us. Makes sense. We also want you to do things that we want to do. Yeah. Now it's a little clicky. Now it's a little well, high school one, one quote I heard from Horvat was, like, in the same sentence, he was, like, we got to enjoy these cities. We got to all go out to a movie together or something. And I was, like, that, wait, those are very different things. <laughs> like, I can see friggin'. Medea goes to Washington 17 in any theater in any city in the country like it's we in in light of this so for those of you who don't know the issue we've been dancing around there's been this story about Dougie Hamilton who was traded first from Boston to the Flames and then was recently this past summer traded from the Flames to Carolina there's always been this story that he was like antisocial or didn't really fit in the locker room and the one specifically the one specific story that's kind of made the rounds is that like at some point the whole team was going to see a movie and he wanted to go to a museum which by the way much better use of your time when you're in a city you're only going to visit once a year oh yeah the city you need to go enjoy Let's yeah, go see exactly. a movie. Um, yeah, like okay. I don't see movies that often. I'm not the movie guy, but like if I'm in a foreign or not foreign, but like a, a different city, mm-hmm. the last thing I'm gonna do is see a movie. I can see at friggin' De Pere Marcus Theaters, which mm-hmm. screw you, Marcus, for taking over Warenberg. That's not my childhood, but anyway, <laughs> like so that story's like, and that's that's such a perfect like weird hockey culture story of like he went to the museum. 
he's a bad person. <laughs> and it's like, what? Like, what planet are you on? Mm-hmm. And and that's how just the hockey culture generally is. But in this case, like, I don't care that they ban Fortnite, whatever. But this weird, like, we're going to force you to be part of this family mm-hmm. that all hockey teams have is just like, okay, guys, like, some people are introverts. Mm-hmm. All hockey players are introverts, so I don't know why they don't get that. But, like, <laughs> that, you know, I don't know. I, we don't have to linger on it any longer. The one thing I did want to bring up is you remember, and I mean, you remember because we, dis- we discussed it earlier this <laughs> evening, but there was that story that went around, like, late. I think it was pretty late last season where Jeff Merrick of Sportsnet, I think, is mm-hmm. the one they're on, um, talked about with Elliot Friedman on the 31 Thoughts podcast about some prospect he'd heard who's who was a very high-drafted prospect uh, that was apparently his career was possibly going to be ruined by what he called a video game addiction. Well, apparently, a story went around that that prospect uh, was Ole Juolevi or Juolevi of the uh, Canucks, who was their fifth overall pick in 2016, um, and though his agent denied it. So I wonder if there's more to this story than just what's going on at the surface. And I could very much see, is it? It's not Jim Benning. Is it Jim Benning? Is that their GM? Yep. Okay. You I'm, got it. I know the names, and then sometimes I'm like, that's a, a different team. He's our GM. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jim, I could very much see Jim Benning saying, this happened to one of our guys, and it will happen to no one <laughs> else, you know? So I'm curious. That's that's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're grasping at straws on why they're bad. You're just bad. Yeah, well, Sorry, that's also true. Yeah, you get... You, I mean, you'll be great in a couple of years. Pedersen looks amazing. Oh, they're like, I we, like Horvat. We got to make sure Pedersen doesn't even touch Fortnite. <laughs> Don't say the word to him. Fortnite. Yes, I will be here in fourteen days. Thank you. Oh, we <laughs> we call that Lundvig Svundvig over in Sweden. <laughs> okay, should we move to the team we've been putting off discussing this whole time? Do we have to talk about them? We don't. Welcome back to the Blues season. Welcome back to the two guys always been Ottawa Senators pan, mm-hmm. fans podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about Eugene Melnick, baby. Uh, the huge. Let's talk about the move, the moves that made us happy earlier this week. Okay. Do you want to talk a little bit about the roster decisions we made and your thoughts on them? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always introducing topics and letting you talk. So then why don't you let me talk or not? <laughs> I don't know any of the words you said. Um, yeah, I mean, the Blues decided to keep up. Let's see, Nico Mikola will start defenseman. He didn't play tonight, but Nico Mikola, Sammy Blay, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo. It was a bit of a surprise. George Jordan, Jordan Schmaltz, yes. Not, I mean, he's he's a not a prospect. Stomach. He's 39. So they, they kept up five of their 23 mm-hmm. spots were on guys that have played fewer than 25 NHL games. Yeah. And then Barbashev's also in there who That's a little a less group. of a surprise yeah. that he's on the team, but I mean he, you know, he moved up and down last year a little bit, mm-hmm. so not totally guaranteed. And I mean some of it is due to injuries like Fabry's hurt, Gunnarsson's still not playing Gunnarsson's yet. Hurt. Bortuzzo's hurt, Bortuzzo was suspended. Yep. But it's not all that. No, I mean there's space and obviously they've made it clear that 
if they can play, if they think they're the better players, they're going to play. And so the corresponding roster moves too. And this is what, you know, this is what intrigues me because they made some pretty big decisions to commit. I mean, minor decisions, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, they, they made decide, they took decisive action, yeah. uh, in sending down or waving, uh, Chris Thorburn, who cleared waivers and is playing in San Antonio. Easily. And will never be heard from again. Uh, R.I.P. Chris Butler. We, might, we, we could bring him up. You even didn't even say the right Chris name. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought that who was on purpose what for a second. But nope. I should have. Um, and then Dimitri Askin was also waived. And I know this, I know this has and will make lots of fans in the Blues fan base rejoice. Because there's an intense hatred of Dimitri Askin that I don't really understand. Um, I honestly, I was surprised by that one. Because first of all, we did give him a $1.1 million contract this year. Um, Second of all, I I really think he would have been good in a fourth line role. Like, I realize that's a disappointment for a second round pick. And somebody that we once had as one of our more higher prospects. You know, one of our top prospects at the time back when our farm system was a lot weaker but like i really think he would excel would excel in that kind of a role mm-hmm. and and provide a little pop i mean he's he hasn't developed the offensive side of his game but he's not inept with a puck mm-hmm. on his stick oh no i mean he's a great possession player yeah exactly and so that one surprised me he was claimed by washington so ironically the tom wilson hit oh very good <laughs> <laughs> he did this on purpose. Yes, I'm sure. He he did it to clear a roster spot for Dimitri Askin. Uh, Ar- Doug Armstrong said, I don't know if this was to the media or to JR specifically, that Dimitri had asked for a trade earlier in the season and he couldn't find any partners because that's how much he sucked. No, uh, but so that was interesting. And I, I guess I'm not surprised the way he's been kind of jerked around yes and also similar to kind of the way tage thompson you know took i don't want to say took a shot that's a little too strong but kind of like voiced his displeasure with the way the blues treated him on the way out dimitri made similar comments about like he didn't he got a couple shots but he never got a consistent opportunity and was happy about a fresh start sort of thing and like i don't blame him for saying that but this is uh, this was an odd one to me. I'm I'm excited. So let's start by saying I'm I'm excited because they committed and they just said Jordan Cairo boom on the roster, big minutes. Robert Thomas boom on the roster, smaller minutes but significant minutes. You know yeah. we're committing Blaze here, Barbashev's here. Like these guys are our future. So I'm fine with that. I'm a little surprised Yaskin was one of the victims. Um. You know, especially with Sunquist hurt, could have put him on IR or something, you know, and cleared a spot. Although I guess he's not counting anyway, but I don't know. What are your thoughts about Yaskin specifically moving down? I mean, obviously, all of that said, it's not like a a franchise changing Mm. loss or anything like that. Uh, But it was a little surprising. What do you think about that? It's like you said, it's not a huge player, but it does kind of signal a move in a different direction. I kind of like that. Yaskin's not an old player, but he's kind of old to the blues. And so moving him down and then eventually he's out of the organization kind of signals that 
it's more of a youth movement with these new players. They're making space for him. I mean, even before he got grabbed by Washington, just sending him down and Chris Thorburn down was kind of a signal like, oh, okay, we're going to try and go for this youth movement. And I think when we talk about it tonight, I think it looked, the young guys that were here looked pretty good, actually. Uh, it's a little sad to see Askin go. He's kind of a part of the old guard in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been here for, I want to say, four years, something like that. And like you said, he looked, he had a little offensive upside, but never really quite realized it here. And I don't necessarily think he'll ever realize it in Washington either. He kind of alluded to the fact that he never got a lot of chances here, but he most certainly did. I mean, he's going to have that Ty Ratty explosion. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that's quite fair. I, th- I I think it's fair that his role got jerked around a little bit, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like over four, three or four seasons that he was here, if he'd had something hidden, he would have shown it at some. That's point. the thing. There's injuries, and he moved up, and it's hard to maintain a spot. You know, when you know someone like Schwartz or someone's coming back eventually. Well, pull, but I mean, he but never. You but you can. But you can be really good in that role, and then all of a sudden you go, "Oh, we got to find some he space played, for you." But he never did. How many? career games do you think he played for us for the blues mm, 150 266 wow okay so i wanted really to say no 200 but it seemed too much he didn't get a shot he had plenty of and well that's the thing you, you they we don't see him in practice and stuff they do the organization yeah. lives and breathes with this guy around them all right. the time if there's something we didn't see you know and you're like well you know we didn't see everything the organization did Right. And they were and like, you eh. can't suggest, like a player can't just demand, well, they should have played me on the top line 20 minutes a night. Like, you got to show something to earn That's that. That's why I mean, point. look, if you look good, we'll reward you. But if you just look like you fit in your role, that's fine. But don't expect us to bend over backwards for you. And I think that speaks a lot to the Blues as organization, even though they had an interesting night tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, overall... Just that they're looking for success now. Yeah. They don't have time to just be like, okay, Dimitri will slot you in. You'll go here and you'll go there and we'll see how you do and yada, yada. They're like, look, you got to perform now or we're, I guess, getting rid of you. They held on to him for a long time because he played a decent role. But it's like we're not going to just bend over backwards to sacrifice wins yeah. to make you a better player and also, when I'm you're sure not showing they, it. I'm sure they would have been glad for him to clear waivers. And I don't know how preseason waivers work, but I assume the Capitals were last. Oh, yeah. I, I think so. So they would have been last, second to last even alphabetically. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, so in that respect, like, if the Senators don't want you, you know, if, I'm, I'm not trying to be cruel, but if the Canucks don't mm-hmm. have a spot for you, if the, if the Oilers are putting friggin' Ty Ratty on the top power play, if they don't have any interest <laughs> in you, like... Sorry, bud. It's not like you were just a fish out of water that was screwed the whole time. And all of that is to say, and we can move on to tonight's game, which I know we don't particularly want to. All of that is kind of a uh, diversion from the point I wanted to make, which is I like Dimitri Askin fine. I know a lot yeah. of people didn't. I hope he does well in Washington. But I think it was the right choice, and it was a bold choice. And honestly, the young players were one of the few bright spots in tonight's game. I think they look pretty well overall. Mm-hmm. So let's actually move on to that unless you have anything else to discuss. 
Only the Elliot Friedman, I think, on 31 Thoughts. Sucks. <laughs> He's the worst. Don't listen to them. <laughs> listen to us first for all your breaking yes, NHL and news. and we don't take anything from them. No, so never. then you can listen to them and hear all new thoughts. We're not as informed as him, and we're not as cool as Jeff Merrick, so I'm so sorry. That's true. Not as many tattoos, either. Mm-mm, I have a sleeve made of cloth <laughs> and not tattoos. We're going to rename ourselves Two Guys, One Thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He was saying that Wilson made the hit. They knew there was a suspension oh, yeah, coming, yeah, yeah. and that when Yaskin hit the waiver wire, they were like, "Well, we know we know Tom Wilson gets suspended, so like we need someone that's going to fill, not necessarily his spot, but uh, a role on this team." And they're like, "Well, Dimitri Yaskin's there." So it was this weird full circle of yeah. like he hit Sunquest, so now they had a spot open, and Dimitri yeah, Askin got sent down. The, I don't think even the Capitals were like dying to pick up Dimitri mm-hmm. Askin. It was just the right guy, and I, that wasn't exactly the point I thought you were going to make. I thought the other point, going back to Wilson for just a second, is Friedman talked about too how apparently there were just tons of teams oh, and yeah. executives and players and whoever calling the NHL and calling player safety and even calling Friedman and just saying, basically begging for them to take strong action on Wilson. Mm -hmm. And that's not the kind of response you get just because it's, you know, oh, he's being misportrayed, you know? (laughs) Like, there's a reason. So I'm not trying to dwell on that again, but that reminded me of that specific point. Okay, we put it off as long as we can. Jets 5... (laughs) Blues one. Do you want to go through the play-by-play or talk thoughts first or what? Um, I'm talk like loose thoughts. I didn't think the Blues played, despite the score, I don't think the Blues played a bad game. Yeah. They're not, it wasn't fantastic. It wasn't like errorless. There were definitely good portions of this game where they had a hard time clearing their own zone. They had really awful like short passes. That's normally like the thing you need to do to get out. Mm -hmm. And they had all these short passes that were like way, way too short. Like ended up going, you know, 10 feet too short and a Jets player picked them off. But overall, I mean, they generated more shots. They had a lot of really good looks on that. But I mean, Hellebuck, I don't know. He's a Vezina finalist. He didn't win, right? Yeah. Yeah. Finalist, he's, he's a good goalie. And, he's phenomenally And good, I think yeah. the Jets are one of those teams that they kind of remind me of the Hawks when they're really good. The Blues made a few mistakes, key mistakes, and the Jets scored on them. Yeah. Like, uh, no questions asked, scored on a mistake, done. And I remember that from the Hawks of like two or three years ago. I was like, oh, if you cough it up in like the wrong spot and it's two on one, that's in the back of your net, no yeah. problem. Yeah. So it, I think both that's of those what it looked like to me. Perfectly kind of summarized. Like if you're not on your best night, it's over before it starts. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and I do think I agree with you. I think I saw a lot of people, especially people that were, you know, more on more on Jake Allen's side, which we'll talk about extensively. <laughs> I think I think there's there's pros and cons there. We're yeah. not just going to dump on Allen, but. There, I there were a lot of people talking about how it was the whole team effort and the team really dropped the ball here, and I, I, honest, I do think that's kind of anachronistic. Mm-hmm. I, I think this team, for one thing, they looked really hot right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should. It's a home opener, and you've got a brand <laughs> new roster. That's not like an accomplishment, really. But like, <laughs> they looked super hot right away. Uh, Kairu had an amazing chance, like 
in the first minute or 90 seconds. Um, who, by the way, I think if he's playing on the second line a lot this season, I, I honest to God think he could be a Calder candidate. I re- I mean, I, I think he's got that level of skill. And there are a lot of Calder candidates this year, so it would be a tough crowd. But, like, if he's playing with those two guys and finds chemistry on that line, he's going to be – he's going to put up some points. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and I think we saw that today. Uh, Bo Meester took a shot that Kyrie redirected and, and it hit the post. Um, and that that was – it wasn't really a mistake, but it was one of those kind of momentum swings because they took it right down the ice and scored then. Um and it was, you know, that kind of offside review play. But I don't think there was clear evidence that w- that it was offside. And Patrick Wynne does Patrick Wynne things, and he's really good. So and, good. And he beat Allen. And, and that one, you know, could Allen have done something? I don't know, but I'm not I'm not harpooning It's a good shot, that. It's yeah. Patrick Wynne taking a shot. He's beaten every goaltender in the league probably by now, <laughs> you know? I mean... So that's not, you know, that's just a goal. That just happened. In the first period, I think overall, we looked fine. There was mm-hmm. that play where Allen kind of got rope-a-doped <laughs> and was like just sort of standing next yeah. to a wide open net. And I I know that could happen to any goalie, but it's not a good look. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't help, doesn't help <laughs> against us. Um, Petro hit another post. I mean, I think in the first period, we were fine. And, mm-hmm. you know, by the time this thing really fell apart, Hellebuck had made like 35 saves. So I think this idea that the, you know, the offense was really to blame. I don't know, you know, so second period was kind of uneventful. I'm sorry, I moved kind of into a play by play here, but uh, second period was kind of uneventful. There was, you you mentioned, we kind of struggled to escape our zone a lot, especially early. Um, Kyle Connor hit a post early. Um, God, he's really good. <laughs> he's I'm gross. Bad. That's why these guys are like a cup contender because you can run through like, like roast five or six Connor, guys, like... and then you get to yeah, Kyle Connor, yeah. and he's amazing. You're like, holy crap, this yeah. is like your sixth best forward or and something. Their defense is not amazing, but like still has some players on mm-hmm. it. You know, um, Thomas and Kyra. There was a period where like Thomas's line was on the ice and they had a great extended period, and then the Kyra line came on the ice and he kind of drove the play. That was probably the most exciting moment of the game for me because mm-hmm. it was like those guys were actually finally here and they were in their real big boy numbers. And I still kind of can't believe it, you know. I I I you know we talked about Yaskin, but like. The pulling the trigger with Kairou, I love. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a ballsy maneuver, and I love it. I mean it. It's convenient that Fabry's out at the mm-hmm. moment. I mean it's not convenient for him, but like it helps make that decision a lot easier. Yeah. But like, I I really think there's a possibility Fabry gets traded or something. Like I I could see Kairou just etching that spot in the lineup and if he does i don't know what other spot is open for fabry Mm -hmm. maybe barbashev's but like okay anyway (laughs) um but yeah they looked great and it was like it was very like we've been talking about these guys for a year now this whole podcast last season when we were struggling as a team was kind of salivating over like robert thomas is coming jordan is coming and then you know i got to see them at the prospect tournament while or both of them at the prospect tournament and Cairo and in the camp back in July or 
and it was just been a whole summer of like, <laughs> oh let's go. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, that it finally happened was great. Robert Thomas a little bit shiftier than I thought. Yeah. He's I mean, got, he's he was quicker than mm-hmm. you think he is. He had a couple points tonight where I was like, wow, you were whipping by people. I think in general, our quickness did stand out in this game. Like we're not, that's true. That's really true. We're not the even last year's Blues. And we've we've talked in the past about how, you know, there was the Bacchus era and it was like big and heavy and that was a little old school hockey. And the game had passed it by a little bit. And I think that's one of the reasons we couldn't quite push through to the finals. But it worked. I mean, it got us to a, a mm-hmm. conference final one year. But then there during that period of transition, one of the problems was like for every... Who's somebody that's really fast? For every Schwartz you had, mm-hmm. he's not you know breakneck speed, but he's a good skater. For every one of him you had, you had a Bergwin, yeah, exactly, or Steen, and there were enough of the Bergwins and Steens that there had to be one on every line, so you couldn't really use the speed. And now we've gotten rid of most of those guys. I mm-hmm. mean, Steen's still there, but so now you can really see like Cairo. Is amazing. It's gonna yeah. be fun to watch him skate because we haven't seen a player like that really in a long, long time here. Even even Tarasenko. I mean, he's a more powerful skater, but he's not nearly. He's that not that fast. fast yeah. Um. So yeah, in the second period, we I, we really looked fine. I mean, I, I really looked good. I I saw some people, and maybe you know, I'm not I'm not the world's only observer of this game. Maybe they saw things I didn't, but it felt like we were fine. I mean, we weren't great. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we were down one nothing, but for the most part, we looked okay. And I saw somebody call us flat. I don't think that was fair mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean, we weren't higher energy the whole time, but I don't know about flat. Yeah, and I didn't think we had a couple power play opportunities at this point. I didn't think anyone looked awful. I think they stunk because we didn't score on them, so it was just a more of the same from last year, not scoring on the power play, but I didn't think they looked as inept, mm-hmm. which I'll say is like the lowest bar compliment because we were like 30th <laughs> in the league last year. They looked productive, and as the game went on, actually, um, we had one in the third period where I thought they looked really good. They started to finally do something I swear this team never does and like slowly creep in mm-hmm. and like shrink the other team's box. So it's yeah. like, okay, now you can move around a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it bugs the crap out of me that we have some dude man in the blue line, like right at the blue line. I'm like, just as you skate it down and some guys got to... that might have helped us in that oh, <laughs> in yeah. this game in particular. But, but it's but like yeah. if you got somebody behind the net or on the boards skate in a little make that guy make the decision to think okay i'll defend you and try and go for odd man or you know a breakaway or decide oh crap defensively responsibly i gotta get in front of you and mm-hmm. slowly back in yeah. it was it was nice to see it was different to see we didn't end up scoring on the power play at all petrangelo is not a great keeper in her of the, the p- <laughs> not fantastic and we love Petrangelo, so you're never really going to hear either mm-hmm. of us give it to Petrangelo. But I don't think ideally he's your power play captain. Nah. I don't think he's that in today's NHL. He's not the Carlson or the Burns or the whoever. God, they have two of those. And they're still not really Stanley yeah. Cup contenders in my eyes. But. I think he's got a decent shot, so I always think if he's on the power play, he shouldn't be the quarterback. He should be kind of the guy that's at the top of the circle that mm-hmm. you're like, when you're looking around, just pop it over to him and he can he fire it on that. Steen. Yeah, he should be the Steen. Steen should be <laughs> the, the someone else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we got to the third period, and it, like you said, we had a power play. It was looking fine. Um, 
But then Steen took a shot, and I don't really know how it didn't get in, but there was a scrum at the net, and then it was one of those things where, like, 30 seconds later, somehow the puck escaped the zone, and Kyle Connor, uh, no, excuse me, Adam Lowry, was just gone. And, like, mm-hmm. Petrangelo tried to dive to stop the puck in before it crossed the blue line, and then he tried to dive to catch up to Lowry. Neither dive was successful, and Lowry just five-holed Allen, um, who then entered the Demi-Gorgon's playground. <laughs> um, no, I, like, again, He's this entered is not, the psychosphere. Here's, here's where I think the disconnect is with, a lot, with fans a lot of times. I'll, there are more than enough blue Allen haters out there. Mm-hmm. The... Allen defenders are much fewer and farther between. But it is not blaming Allen to say he didn't make the save here. Some goalies might have made that save. Mm-hmm. He didn't. And that's not, I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm not saying he created the breakaway. I'm not even really saying he did anything wrong. But like, unless Jake Allen is in his. Super Saiyan five Minnesota Wild playoff form mm-hmm. is there? Are there five now? There's got to be. By um, now, right? I think they passed five. Okay, I assume, but it's like Super Saiyan God and Super. Yeah, Saiyan exactly. And all that nonsense. I know. I nonsense. Cell blew up and it was over for me. That Machin <laughs> fellow was too pink. No, I actually <laughs> love Machin Boo. But anyway, um, we've had a couple of real random discourses for those of you that love our wilders <laughs> hit them itunes reviews yeah let, them, let us know that you're real sick of our like ad lib crap <laughs> but anyway unless he's in his ungodly form he's not making saves that bail out his team mm. and that like great goalies do that good goalies make the saves they're supposed to make bad goalies don't make any saves he is most of the time hovering between bad and acceptable, bad and good. And I'd by, say by so. The, by the phrase I just used. The great is far, you, you described it as feast or famine earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think that was perfect because it really is. And when it's feast, oh boy, is it feast. Mm-hmm. But it's feast too rarely. And it's never it's never feast when like the rest of the team is on. It's right. feast when the whole team has fallen apart and he's the only person like, left, which is great. The team was so bad in that mm-hmm. wild series. Yeah. N- no way on earth did we deserve to win that. I remember people being surprised. We should have been swept. I, <laughs> I feel like, like. But okay, so let's move on to so so that was the start of the collapse. Mm-hmm. There were then two more goals in the next two minutes. Blake Wheeler, um, this was kind of a, just kind of a freak. I mean, again, it's not Allen's fault. Kyle Connor, his penalty time ends with the puck right in front of the penalty box. And so he is skating out of the box as Shifley hits him with a pass and there's no one there to defend him because he wasn't a player two seconds ago. Mm-hmm. He just apparated, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he's just out of the box and into a scoring chance, and he hits Wheeler on the blind side. And again, Allen's not at fault, but he doesn't make a save. You know, he doesn't... If he stands up big there and makes that save, maybe he stops the bleeding, and maybe it's 2 nothing, and maybe there's something you can do about it. As it stands, it's 3 nothing. The game's 
pretty much over. Uh, but they add another one to, to make the bleeding either worse, even worse. This time, Connor collects his own goal. Uh, Line A and Truba were kind of pinned near the boards, and the defense didn't make a very good play to get the puck from him. Truba took a shot from the blue line that Connor redirected past Allen. That one is the one that he's least to blame for. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing he could have done about that one. Um, but then three minutes later, and again, I'm not. This isn't BF on Jake Allen hour, but he lets in a goal that is just unacceptable for an NHL goalie to let in. Yeah, it's under any circumstances. It was just a howler. It was so bad. <laughs> Tanev broke. It wasn't even a breakaway. It was just kind of one of those partial, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get to the side of the net and it's easier to dump it on and hope he covers so that we can get a change. But he just weakly kind of backhanded it. And Allen just like stuck his shoulder out and didn't. I mean, he hit it. Yeah. It but he didn't stop him. its momentum and it rolled into the net. And Thomas tried to fish it out and knock it down the ice. And play did continue, but they stopped it pretty quickly and reviewed it. And it was 100% a goal. I mean, that one is unforgivable. And that's really the problem for me with Jake is like, the idea that he's going to stop the bleeding once it started. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. It's just a house of cards. The minute one goes in, you're like, can you, can we, you get a couple shots on him and it hopefully stops him because then maybe it builds up confidence. But yeah. you're so once one goal goes in on him, I'm so worried for the next like three, four minutes about any shot on him. Cause like, this could be it. This could be the whole game right here. Yeah. And that like Vince Dunn got a goal. It was nice. I'm glad it wasn't a shutout. That's good. We got to hear the new Urge goal song, which is... Uh, Out of how many stars are you giving that? Five stars max. The song? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Three, four. I mean, it's not offensive in any way. It's it's much (laughs) better in terms of originalness than White Stripes, but Mm. it's very... Fine. It's not, exactly. nothing about it excites me. If it had been freaking Amsterdam by uh, nothing but thieves, I would have been freaking bumping. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, let's let's try to talk about this reasonably. Let's say <laughs> let's say first of all that forgive us for being Alan Bashers in game one, but this really is the nightmare scenario. Looking back at all the articles I I wrote this offseason and all the articles everybody wrote this article offseason about how the Blues are really great this year if. Mm-hmm. And the if was always can Jake Allen not even be great. I don't think anybody asked for great. I think most people just said consistent. Mm-hmm. If he can give you 9-13, 9-12, league average save percentage, 250 goals against average, great. Wonderful. Splendid. Last year he was 906, which is miraculous considering how bad he was in like four out of the six months. But it was in like 906, 288, I want to say, 280-something. That can't happen again. It can't. And we've done – this is why – this is so baffling to me that everything else we did – and maybe he just couldn't find any trade partner at all for Jake, but like everything else army did. And this is still the problem we're left with. Mm-hmm. What do we do? 
What's the answer? Mm, I mean, right now I the answer know. is just yeah. let's have game two and well, see yeah, if it's exactly. fine. I mean, I, don't get us wrong listening out there, those of you who might be Alan's supporters, which we try to be. We're not saying cut him loose and let's start Chad Johnson and Billy Hughes. So, I mean, you can't do that yet. But, mm. like, this was bad. It was the nightmare scenario for this team. It was the offense was fine. They got, they weren't great. They weren't great. It's going to take some time for them to gel. Mm-hmm. But, I but think, even then, they looked they looked like they are generating chances. Right. Bo Meester looked a little lost. He doesn't belong on the first line. That that should have stopped yeah. already. I don't. The, the, I mean, maybe that's injuries forcing that a little bit, but the game's just passed his on, old folks. body by. Yeah, it's you. You got him this season. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But limit his minutes or don't play him. Like it's time. But um, other than him, I mean, the defense. Nothing about this team was great, mm-hmm. but nothing about this team was five to one. Exactly. Bad, it was like really. We generated what, like 42, 43 shots? 42 shots yeah. to 25. So five goals on 25 shots. That's an 800 save percentage, mm-hmm. which, again, not Jake Allen's fault, but not not Jake Allen's <laughs> fault. Well, you predicted like a 5-3 loss, uh-huh. and we were a little pessimistic. But, I mean, the Jets did go to the Western Conference Finals last year, so they're a very good team. And that I think seemed, our offense was worthy of about no, three goals. No, that's what I mean. I think that was a, I think that was a good prediction, and I would have believed that if that's what happened tonight, because it felt like we've got the horses to score three goals on Connor Hellebuck. And I think, like you said, chances wise, it looked fifth, like we could have. I didn't say this, but the fifth could have been an empty netter. Mm-hmm. I was trying. I mean, when I said five three to you, I was basically saying I think it'll be a fun yeah. game that we just come up short in. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think I think the reality of this game is it was just a very stark depiction of the <laughs> difference between a team that has a great goaltender, yeah, and a team that has an average at best goaltender. Mm-hmm. You know, every and this is the other thing about Jake: like every goaltender can flash. Scott Darling earned his contract somehow. <laughs> you know, That's I mean, a good point. I'm yeah. Not tra- I'm, I, I can't do this without sounding cruel to Jake. I'm not trying to be cruel, but like every goaltender can flash. Most goaltenders that have played 50 NHL games have a couple of shutouts or one, you know, mm. and every one of those shutouts has one big save in it probably for the most part. Like you don't, it's a phenomenally selective group of player. Every Every team in every midget league in every province in Canada and every team in every community and every city in America has at least a goalie. Mm-hmm. And only 50 of those guys are at any one time really good enough to be in the NHL. So think about, I mean, even as hard as it is to break in as a forward, think about how much harder it is to get there as a goalie. So, like, I'm not questioning Jake's ability to a certain extent. But the people who sit, who continually say it's not Jake's fault, look at the offense, it's not Jake's fault, look at the defense, it's not Jake's fault, look at this, that, or the other thing. How many excuses do we have to make? Like, where do the excuses end? And how many excuses do they make for Henrik Lundqvist or Marc-Andre mm. Fleury? How many, I mean, people, people were pinning things on Marc-Andre Fleury. I'll give you that. 
Yeah. Pittsburgh fans love blaming Mark Andre Fleury when things went wrong. But it's kind of a Jack Kennedy moment or Robert Kennedy, whichever Kennedy was the Kennedy that the guy knew and that guy wasn't. <laughs> you know, I knew Jack Kennedy and you were no Jack Kennedy, that sort of thing. Uh, I should know which Kennedy, but it was a Kennedy. Anyway, that he's not Mark Andre Ford. He's not the guy that's just been wrongfully accused, you know? Yeah. This is not making a murderer. It's not making a scapegoat. <laughs> he's just not a great goalie. It kind of reminds Maybe, me. Sorry, go ahead. No, it kind of reminds me like the Yaskin thing where it's like, you were given opportunities and you never realized that Jake Allen's had some strong stretches of games, kind of like every so often Yaskin scored a goal or two. But Jake Allen also never seems to really run with it for long periods of time. And it's like, I feel like people focus a lot on these really good stretches, but I feel like the bad totally outweighs the good in terms of like just what you right. see and how low it gets. And that's the part I have a problem with. I'm not going to say that he didn't have good games, that he didn't like, you know, bust his ass to get us through the wild series. And that maybe he's capable of it, but I, I'm so sick of waiting for it to come around. You know right. what I mean? I'm just going to wait well and said. wait on these other guys' contracts, you know, disappearing just to see if Jake can get it together. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think when they said, I think JR mentioned that Army last year was looking to trade Jake Allen. Or he, his uh, thought was that Army was fed up. I think he's on the money, but I don't think I don't. What's the market for Jake Allen? Or like, I what else do you what have? What, is, what else do you have to put with Jake Allen to move him? I think it's hard. I, re, I may, maybe I'm I, maybe I'm underselling him. Maybe there's a team that says, "Oh, we're a little rougher on that. Just we'll take a, a flyer." There's normally is, but you I wonder, feel like it's a little hard to package this. The only thing I wonder. Is there a team out there? Columbus is mm-hmm. an option. Philly, Philadelphia may be an option. Vancouver may be an option, although I don't know that Markstrom's an improvement. But is there a team out there? Columbus is the best example. Or mm-hmm. even, to a lesser extent, Ottawa, because I don't know how much Craig Anderson has left in the tank. But like you said, is there a team that's on the fringes? Columbus at this point you know that you're not keeping either Bobrovsky or Panarin. I think that's pretty obvious right now. Do they say, hey, we'll take Jake Allen to help us bridge the gap till Corpus is really ready? Mm-hmm. He started tonight, so something's up with Bobrovsky. Is there a room there to say, hey, we'll take Jake Allen? You obviously are going to give us, you know, I don't, I don't know. Dominic Bach, yeah, or something I don't know, a, a good prospect or a pick or something, on top to get Bobrovsky and maybe two somethings. But like, maybe there's a team out there. But my, you know, the other thing with Jake, and maybe this is just me. Maybe people are more trusting than I am. But like, at this point, the length of time he would have to be just a stalwart, dependable, not even great, but just like never having these collapses sort of goaltender for me to not always feel like the shadow is lurking around the corner. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even fathom it. Like he would, it would have to be a year plus at least of mm-hmm. him just be never breaking down for me to think, okay, he's really changed. 
And this, the reason we're harping on it so much today is this was the most horrific possible start. You know, and, and we talked about it a little bit. It would have been better if we'd just gotten reefed. Mm-hmm. You know, if the, if the Jets had just come in on fire and it was just three nothing before you knew it and there was just, you know, just chaos and they were just the better team and we were off our game, they took 40 shots we were outmatched. Then you can say, hey, they're one of the best teams in hockey. We had an off night. This was the nightmare scenario of, like, game's going fine, game's going fine, game's going fine. We're down, but the game's going fine, and it's over. Two minutes later. Literally two minutes, it's mm-hmm. over. And, and that'll about do it. You don't want to blame Jake. if you And and there is this divide between people that only want to blame Jake and people that don't want to blame Jake at all. And we're trying to find the right spot in the middle of that spectrum. But like It's hard not to talk about it when you think it's when you think it's the weak when you think it's a weakness and probably your biggest well, weakness. And plus, like they'll never ever say it. Mm. But the players aren't stupid. That's what I mean. They know. They'll never yeah, you'll never hear anyone be like, you just gotta say, be better. They'll always say you can't blame Jake. Jake's great. He fights hard for us. That's what you say. And that's the thing. They say that. Every listen, night. So, they say it <laughs> Tyler so Bozak's often. Tyler Bozak's been here for a week, and he's already. Yeah. Like, but like. You don't have to sell me. I'm just some stupid. I, I mean, you do have to not- sell me. I'm paying your salary and whatever. But I'm just some stupid fan. You don't have to sell me on squad. If it's not Jake Allen's fault and you know it, you like, you know it. Yeah. We weren't great tonight. We have to be better, yada, yada. And but the- they're like. Not Jake's fault, guys. It was not Jake's fault. The weird defense, too, from Fox Sports Midwest that always happens, you know, when he mm-hmm. got the Bronx cheer for making a save. And they were just take took great pains to say, I don't think that's fair at all. And maybe it wasn't at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's the sad thing is they rushed to his defense and then he let in one of the awfulest <laughs> NHL goals I've ever seen. I mean, I mean, it really, I, I think... The people who are defending him tonight are not watching that goal closely enough. I mean, there is no acceptable world in which that gets let in. So, like, it feels like all of us are walking on eggshells. And, like, we all know, and we're just not admitting it to each other, (laughs) you know? And, like, I don't know. There's no obvious solution. We're not getting it solved tonight. Yeah. But it really was the worst way it could start. And like I said, you know, the players, when it goes to nothing, we can't be the only ones that are thinking, oh, crap. You got to score. You got to score. At that point, it's two nothing. You pretty much have to say, I got to score more than three goals at this point. Because three would win you the game, but I don't think it's staying two nothing. Plus, yeah. you've got to, you've also got to be thinking, we got to score immediately. We oh, yeah. Score immediately. Not even just because, okay, there's 15 minutes left and we're down 2 nothing, but, like, the only way we stop this tide is if we take the puck down. And that, was right the, that was the weird thing whenever they were like, well, the team just plays, you know, I don't know why the team plays better in front of Hutton, why the team plays better in front of Elliot, why is that? And it's like, because they're not scared that the minute they make a mistake, it's in the back of their net, like, immediately. They're like, oh, I can, I can make this play, I can try for this, I can try for that, and hopefully the goalie will bail me out if I screw up. You know, worst case scenario, but you can... <laughs> Have that in the back of your mind. Now they're like, I got to make sure this puck stops here at the blue line. Because if it's past us, it's over. Yeah. I mean, that's a little hyperbole. But it's like, that's if that's partially in the back of your head, 
you're holding your stick a little tighter. You're trying to get things done that really can't get done. When Petrangelo's making that diving effort to try and catch Lowry from behind on a play he has no chance of making, do you think he's thinking, no worries, because if I miss this, Alan's got my back? <laughs> like, obviously, he's not processing yeah, yeah. all those thoughts in the moment. I get that. But, like, you gotta, I, I don't know. You just have to have something back there. Honestly, like, I really want to know because I'm always curious. Like, tweet at us if, like, we're nuts. Because sometimes... We have, we've had a couple people. I've okay. had a couple people no, that's specifically. Because we, we both agree on this. And I'll admit, sometimes I try and think, like, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm, like, the one that's, like, being too hard on them. And it might be the case. And I, I could probably be a little more easy on them. But I do think I'm, like, am I... I I'm, you know, am I the only one seeing, like, a problem? And, Here's the thing, too. Every other goaltender has thrived here. That's another problem we don't talk about. Oh, all. underachieving goalies that go, yeah, Brian they go Elliott, elsewhere, not so good. Brian Elliott but fine was on here. his last chance. <laughs> yeah. Literally, it was a PTO, mm-hmm. and he became one of the best goalies in the history of the franchise. Just in ter- I mean, in terms of what he accomplished here, not in the terms of the scope of his Yeah, career. yeah. And then he went off to other... I mean, he, d- he didn't fall back all the way down to where he was, but he went to other teams and he was just, you know... All right. Became a pumpkin again. <laughs> Carter Hutton, I mean, he was a fine backup to Pecorino, uh, but he was a god here last year. I mean, he was mm-hmm. a living god. And yeah, it was unreal. And yeah, the team wasn't especially great in front of him, but he became inhuman last season. Mm-hmm. And I I really believe Chad Johnson, who had worse stats than Allen last year, will have better stats than Allen this year. Hot take. I, 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 he could get 920 to 40 easily mm-hmm. with, with this team. And so, like, I just don't, I get I get people that want to defend Allen. I it really isn't all his fault, but it's not not his fault. <laughs> and and when when you've got a tumor that keeps being a problem, you gotta excise it at some point. And I don't know what that looks like. We don't have all the solutions, like you said. We're just two stupid fans. Mm-hmm. But it's a problem. We'll see. We've got two games to cover. We won't be back next Thursday because you're going to the game. Right? Yeah. So we'll probably Friday or Saturday, depending on scheduling. Bring my giant sign that says, kill Jake Allen <laughs> on it. I'm that into it. Uh, no, no, but no. We'll be back next week, and maybe yep. he'll have two or three amazing performances between now and then. And yeah. We'll eat crow. I hope, like, this is the other thing. Nothing would make either of us happier. Oh yeah, prove eating me an idiot. Seriously, go for Jake it. Jake Allen, like you said, we're just two stupid hockey se- fans. But it was not a great start. <laughs> but on the bright side, it looks good. The young, ki- the kids look way better than I thought they were going to. In all honesty, especially against the Jets team, they faded a little bit as the game went on, and that's to be expected. But I thought they looked good for, through. Two periods, two and a half periods. They were driving the play at different yeah. points. That's a big like, see, that's the big difference. This mm-hmm. is, I don't want to like harp on Yaskin, but like you get kids in here and you can already tell, even though they didn't score, 
that they're going to make an impact. You mm-hmm. can like see it happening. You're not like, oh, this is the kid we brought up. He looks kind of outmatched. Kind of like Sammy Blay looked good tonight, but we brought him up last year, and you're kind of like, eh. You know, I, he could be good, but he looks like he's kind of out of his element. Kyru and Thomas and even Blay, and I'll even say Barshev looked pretty good tonight, all looked like they were, like, going to contribute tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that's reason to be excited. I think, in case we didn't mention it earlier, Bozak and O'Reilly got their first assists as Blues on the Vince Dunn goal, so good for them. There's a lot to still be excited mm-hmm. about. I'm not letting this derail rail the season. We have who do we have? The Blackhawks on Saturday. They're terrible. Should so be should be easy picking. Blackhawks <laughs> claims Blackhawks this week. You could easily be three and one. I'm not trying to besmirch those teams, but if we're serious, we should be able to beat all of those teams. Mm-hmm. There's reason for hope. It was a really ugly start. Sorry for being a little downer. <laughs> hope we revived it a little bit sorry for delivering the we'll, truth we'll be we'll be back next friday probably or yeah. saturday one or the other we'll we'll tell you on twitter and review us and all that stuff smash that like button and we'll see you later night hockey's back <laughs>